Welcome to the Crop Insurance Podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of crop insurance. I'm your host, Mike Rydell, third generation crop insurance agent, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this educational journey. At our family owned and operated business, we've been providing crop insurance expertise for generations. Our goal here is simple, to educate our listeners. Crop insurance can be complex and overwhelming, but I believe that understanding it is crucial for every farmer. So whether you're a seasoned farmer looking to stay updated or a newcomer seeking guidance, this podcast is for you. Let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors of the Crop Insurance Podcast. Our title sponsor, the McMeal Insurance Agency, are probably your greatest insurance agents ever. They specialize in federal crop insurance and have since 1979. To visit their website, go to www.mcmealinsurance.com greatestagencyever.com. The McMeal Insurance Agency is a proud partner with the Crop West Insurance Group. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about PRF, otherwise known as Pasture, Rangeland, and Forage Protection. This is a federal crop insurance program that's designated for a rancher that needs to protect their animals that they graze or for people that are producing hay. The easiest way to get into this subject is just to start off by explaining at a very high level how it works and then we can dive in a little deeper into the details. PRF is essentially a very simple to use area risk program. So if you don't know what area risk is, make sure you go back and listen to our different podcasts, uh, specifically the ones that we talk about unit structure, and then also when we discuss ECO and SCO as they go into a little more detail on what area risk is. But bottom line, the way area risk works is your farm could have a great year and the rest of your area could have a terrible year and you could potentially collect a loss. And the, the opposite is true. Uh, your farm could have a, a bad year and the rest of your area could have a great year and you could potentially not collect a loss. So it's an area risk. It's not just your operation. And that's how PRF works. And we'll go into details a little later on how big that area is. But just understand that it is an area risk plan is that's crucial uh, in making your purchasing decisions. Uh, but bottom line, what it boils down to is you sign up for a coverage level. And if your area has your average rainfall over the past 70 years, and if it falls below that average rainfall during a given time period, and it falls below your trigger, which is your coverage level times your average rainfall, if it falls below that trigger, you get paid. If it doesn't fall below that trigger, you don't get paid. Fairly simple. You sign up for the program by December 1st. It runs over the next 12 months or the next crop year. And the premiums due in September the following year. So you pay for your insurance essentially after you use it. Losses can pay your premium if you have a loss. So in other words, your premium can be deducted from any loss payments. And it works as a fairly well... Um, federally subsidized program to protect your grassland uh, or your grazing land and your hay, hay ground 
uh, from average rainfall deficiencies. The biggie is it's federally subsidized and a lot of ranchers in the ranching world aren't as familiar with federally subsidized risk management programs as farmers are. But with things like LRP and PRF, these are great tools for ranchers to use to help protect their bottom line. So that's basically how it works. If it doesn't rain as much as you thought it would, meaning your coverage level times your average rain, you would get paid a loss. There's no adjusters, there's nothing that needs to be done. Uh, the system, if you will, just automatically does it. So it sounds too good to be true, it sounds too simple, and really, it really is. But let's just start with some pretty basic understandings or definitions of the different pieces of this policy to help you understand it. The first thing is the area. We mentioned it's area risk, so what is an area? Well, the area on this policy program is one quarter point longitude by one quarter point latitude, which is essentially a 12 by 17-ish uh, mile grid. Now, your ground may sit in a bunch of different grids because you could be essentially on one grid line and go into the next grid line. So those two touching grids would be contiguous. And there's all sorts of different I don't want to say games, but there's all sorts of different things you can play around with based on where your grid is and the contiguous grids that are touching to place acres in and coverage and all that fun stuff. But just understand that a grid's a fairly large area where they use NOAA uh, rain gathering systems to determine uh, how much rain fell during any one interval. Now, this is the time period we spoke about earlier. So where they come up with the average rainfall for your grid is a 70-year average. So it's fairly significant data. Now, if you're in Montana, you know that rain gathering systems are not necessarily every couple of miles all over the state because it's such a big state. But they do use neighboring weather gauges and software and analytics to figure out what the average rainfall is and it is fairly accurate and so people do rely on the PRF data and it seems to be fairly accurate from what we've seen. So now that we know where they get the data right the NOAA rain gathering systems we know that they're measuring the average rainfall for a given period of time they have 70 years of history now they use the period of time are called intervals and all the intervals are is there two months but the way it works is there's 11 intervals in a year because the intervals go january february that's interval one february march interval two march april that's interval three all the way on until you get to the last interval which is november december so you have to place your acres or your coverage in a minimum of two intervals and then there's different rules of how much of a percentage you can put in one interval, interval and how much you can put in another. So you need to put a minimum of 10% of your coverage into any one interval. And the max ranges 50 to 70% depending on where you're at in the country and your county rules. So you can, the bottom line is you can spread this out over as many intervals as you want. The only thing is the intervals cannot overlap. So January, February... And February, March, 
those intervals overlap because of the month of February. So you can't pick those two intervals together. What really works well is most crop insurance agents are going to have tools at their disposal that the insurance carriers provide. And these tools will help show you the average loss ratio or the volatility for each interval over a period of however many years you want to go. You can go back five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50 to see what is the likelihood of payment for any one interval in your grid. And so that's super helpful information uh, when determining where to place your coverage. Now, there's a couple schools of thought on which intervals you choose. And some of it is, is you want to think about which months of the year do you need the rain the most to make your hay ground uh, the most successful. When it rains the most, it, when is it going to help you have the most grass or alfalfa? And those are the months that you would look to put your coverage in. While that does work, you would have to check out the statistical uh, reliability of that based on the history of the previous years. But again, we're looking at history, so you don't know what it's going to do. Uh, Mother Nature is uh, ever-changing. But some people will look at it in that respect, and then others will look at it where they'll go in and say, what is the... What are the odds that I would get paid in this interval given a certain amount of time? And they look at the highest odds in any one interval, and then they put their coverage in those intervals. There is no right or wrong way to do it. It's completely up to you. You just need to make the best decision you can with the data you have at the time you make the decision. And your agent should be able to walk you through that. And it's fairly simple. So now that we kind of have an understanding of how the program works, let's dive in a little bit deeper on maybe some coverage examples to help you put dollars in front of things. Depending on whether you're doing grazing or hay ground, your county is going to have what's known as a county base value. And so on your county base value, that's assigned by the feds, the USDA, they publish that. You don't get a pick and choose that. That's assigned each year for your county. You then get to take a coverage value or a coverage level. And those range from 70% on up to 90% in 5% increments. So you can pick whichever one you want. A majority of people that I work with choose 90%. They choose the max. They want the maximum coverage available. The last piece of the puzzle here is the productivity factor. So the way to think about the productivity factor is if you have a county base value of 40 bucks an acre and you think that your ground is actually, the production you get from that ground is actually worth more than that, you can use what's known as a productivity factor to increase your coverage. So the productivity factor ranges from 60% of the county base value on up to 150%. So in our example, if you have a $40 county base value and you applied the 150% productivity factor, that would increase your county base value before applying your coverage level. It would increase it from $40 to $60, right? And if 
you're in a county and the county base value is $40 an acre and you think you're well, I'm not as my value is not as much there. You would you could decrease it uh, by as much as 60% of that value. So you could decrease it um, by that 60% productivity factor. That's entirely up to you. You do have to remember though, when you take that productivity factor times your county base value, you still have to add in your coverage level. So you're still gonna lower that a little bit. Don't forget your coverage level uh, when figuring that calculation. So you would take your county base value times your coverage level times your productivity factor to find out what your coverage per acre is going to be. So in our example, we're gonna take $40 per acre times our coverage level of 90% times the productivity factor of 150%. That math works out to about $54 an acre. If you were to collect 100% of your payment, you would collect $54 an acre. So now that we understand how to come up with our dollar amount of protection, how do we know if there's a loss? How does that work? Well, the way they, they do it is they look at your grid and they have what's known as an expected grid index. So that's the average rainfall converted into a number out of 100, basically. So what they do is they take that expected grid index. In this example, let's assume it's 100 and you're at the 90% coverage level. That means your expected grid index would be 90. 90% times 100 is 90. But let's say they post the final grid index of 82. First of all, is 82 less than 90? Of course it is. So that would trigger a loss. So now you have a loss payment triggered. And now they carry out the math and to figure that out, it gets a little tricky, but all it is is a math formula. They're gonna take your trigger grid index, which again is your expected grid index times your coverage level. So that 100 times 90%, we're at 90, minus the final grid index, which is 82. So 90 minus 82 is eight. And then you're gonna divide that by your coverage level of 90%. So you're gonna come up with a payment factor of 0.089 in that situation. So that payment factor is then multiplied times your coverage per acre. So we had $54 an acre. Now we're gonna take that times 0.089 and that's gonna come out to $4.80 an acre is what that payment would be. If you're not following along on that math, don't worry about it. Just know that the math and how it all carries out is actually fairly simple, especially when you're staring at a piece of paper drawing this out. Um, so I do get that it's hard to follow along with some of these formulas, but it's very straightforward in terms of how it pays a loss. And again, there's nothing you need to do in terms of the loss. Once you sign up for the coverage, you're either paid a loss or you're not paid a loss. If you have outstanding premium, the loss will pay your premium until your premium is paid in full, and then you would start to receive a loss payment as a result. Important factors to consider are the type of acreage you have so that you can look at what your county base value is, so you can figure out your coverage value, whether you need to add a product 
productivity factor or not add a productivity factor. Look at your coverage value or your coverage level. Uh, how, how much, how close to the loss do you want to be? 70% on up to 90%. Again, a lot of people take that 90% coverage level, but you're going to look at the premium associated with that high coverage level. So keep that in uh, the back of your mind as well. Your grids are fairly straightforward. It's where your ground is. You know, you can look at contiguous grids if you have land kind of spread out all over the place. So you can kind of look around at that and play around with that math. Uh, then the last kind of piece is picking which intervals to insure which percentage of your acres. Now, you obviously cannot insure more than 100% of your acres when you add up all of your intervals. They can only add up to 100%. That's fairly straightforward. Um, but you can kind of pick and choose how much of your acres you want to put in your different intervals. Now, how you pick those intervals will rely entirely on, you know, your judgment and how you run your operation. There's all sorts of examples out there of different ways to try to uh, work with this program. Uh, and it's entirely up to you, the producer, and you can pick whatever you want, just as long as you're complying with all the different rules. December 1st is the sales closing deadline on this. So you got to sign up for it by then uh, so that you can get things locked in and moving forward. And you pay for it at the end of the insurance period, or at least towards the end of the insurance period when the bills go out in September. So it is a great program for ranchers. Your premium is federally subsidized. And I encourage you to take a look at it and ask any questions that you might have or that you don't understand to your agent. Um, there's just lots of information actually out there on PRF. Uh, people have been using it. It's been out for a while, and I encourage you to take a look. From my family to yours, thank you very much for listening. I sincerely hope that this presentation has been instrumental in enhancing your understanding of federal crop insurance. If you find value in our podcast, we kindly encourage you to subscribe and spread the word among your friends and neighbors. To access further information, please visit our website at thecropinsurancepodcast.com where you'll find the latest podcast episodes, articles, and exciting new features conveniently located in one place. This information is not all-inclusive and is meant to be used only as general guidelines for educational purposes. For additional information, please see Crop Provisions, reference the Crop Insurance Handbook or Loss Adjustment Manual, or contact your crop insurance agent. This institution is an equal opportunity provider and employer. Thank you.